Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Ooh. I'm happy to be here this morning. Feeling good. Um, I'll definitely tell you that. I wanted to uh, let y'all know, welcome to the side, John. I am Dennis Holmes. I'm here with my co-host, the chocolate writer, Sharon Mullen. How you doing, Sharon? I'm great, Dennis. How are you this morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Yes, I'm, I'm feeling very good. Feeling very good. Uh, side John. We are here on the side, John, this morning. Yes. John. John. Side John. Now, mm-hmm. you know, my Eagles played on Thursday. But I, I ain't going to uh, – okay, I guess I got to jump right into it because I'm, I'm a little upset about what I'm seeing about these Eagle fans. So, you know, uh, a lot of them saying, oh, we need to bitch Jalen Hurts, you know, I had one guy say, how is it that you pay a guy to be your franchise quarterback and then you draft another friend, another quarterback in the second round two years later and then you get rid of the guy that you paid? Which they're talking about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. You know, a lot of Eagle fans thinking Jalen Hurts isn't a franchise quarterback. Um, Jalen Hurts is not the guy. We need to draft a quarterback next year in the draft. I, I've been watching college football heavy. I don't see a quarterback capable of taking us anywhere. Jalen Hurts is the best option for this team. And he's not one of those microwave guys you're going to get overnight. He is a rhythm quarterback. He's going to be inconsistent. Things are going to happen. This is called a, a gross spurt. We wasn't going to the Super Bowl this year, especially with that, that linebacking core. You know, it's issues on our team that – Nobody's even talking about. I talk about the linebacking core all the time, but our defensive line ain't as good as it used to be. They okay. They they you know I would say that they uh, between ten and fifteen, but they ain't good as they used to be. You know I felt as though Derek Barnett should have had one of the best games of his life because he was going against one of the worst offensive linemen in the league, and Donovan Smith. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's I guess that's just my thought, you know. I seen Derek Barnett at my 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 college football team, Tennessee Volunteers. I've seen him, you know, break Reggie White's sack record. I watched him play. Mm-hmm. This ain't that same guy. That's that's just in my eyes. And then you got Jalen Reger, who can't catch a cold, like. Trying to figure out, I mean, I understand we spent the first round pick on him, but at this point, he got to be in rotation. He can't be a starter. Quez Watkins is out playing him. The chemistry between Quez Watkins and Jalen Hurts is better. And and then to top it off, you wake up Friday afternoon, Zach Hurts can treat after he had the best game this season. So you let all that sink in. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand. You know, I asked you, why did they trade Zach Ertz? And you just told me it was about the money. But right. when does it come? How do you make that decision when, you, when you're dealing with a player that's playing pretty, pretty well? You know, he wasn't, he wasn't booty. He wasn't garbage. He was playing pretty well. And then, like you said, he just had his great game. Then you're going to trade him for the money. But what is the money going to get you? It just seems to me. I don't feel that the Eagles have a history of picking well in the draft or signing free agents. Some some free agents. 
Uh, not very many. Not, many Some, not enough to trade after week five or week six. You're going to trade. Uh, yeah, after week five, you're going to trade uh, somebody who is performing pretty well. <clears throat> I mean, I give him a B. He wasn't performing that bad. I give him a B, a B grade. But you're going to trade him to get money, to save cap space or whatever, to give you cap room so that you can do what? So they can spend mess up, mess up on your signings? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you look at their history, you're going to trade a sure thing so that you can get money on maybes. And their maybes don't pan out a lot. So, I mean, that is the, that's the thing that was really confusing me when you told me it was about the cap room. And I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. I'm still baffled by it. And I'm not alone. I'm looking up and down the timeline and people are like, what? Right. Even if they knew it was coming, they're still like, what? Because you, we've been hearing this rumor about trading him for like three weeks. Uh, I heard it the whole offseason. Oh, I, well, I only heard it last three weeks. Yeah, I, I heard it the whole offseason. It was uh, up and down, whether he was going to keep him, he was going to go, you know. Mm -hmm. That's how it's been. Um, this, this, I was, you know, I was a little upset about that. Um, and it's kind of crazy because we were down 28-7 and, you know, almost made a comeback. You know, a lot of people say if it wasn't for that taunting call, but, you know, I'm not just going to put the taunting call out there, which that was a BS call, but we got to do better as a team because we can't overcome a lot of big situations. We're, we're not that good to overcome all that. Well, what I will say is y'all hung in there. What was yeah. the final score? 22 to 28. Right. Six points. I had I had Tampa Bay winning the game 27 to 24, three points. So I was only off by three points. We had, had people the, in our pick'em group saying that they were gonna slaughter y'all 42 to 10 and craziness like that. I'm I'm like, what have y'all really been watching? And what I have learned is a lot of y'all, okay, being the only woman in our little subset group making these picks what well, i'm really learning a lot about men in sports I, it's really an education for me because what i'm learning is a lot of men pick make their picks based upon things other than football <laughs> other than football they're reaching back from things when the bully beat them up when they were kids and the bully's name happened to be uh jalen or something so I'm oh Tom Brady's gonna kill Jalen Hurts 42 to 10. Don't have nothing to do with what they've been seeing him do all season. It has to do with the bully named Jalen that bullied him when he was a kid. Oh, so he's going down. Tom's gonna vindicate this for me. And they don't even know they're doing it. And I'm just watching, I'm just looking at this saying, What are you talking about? Last week when we made, made our pickums. I was told that I was crazy on several picks I made. Yeah. I ended up 12 and four. 12 right, four wrong in my pick which is pretty doggone good. When they some of the others were like nine and seven, 10 and six. So, I mean, I'm learning a lot about y'all fellas. 
I, I have to say, at least for you, your picks are never emotional. Um, you picked Philadelphia, I believe, because you felt that they could actually beat Tampa Bay. And I did too. I did yep. feel like they could. And I was hoping they would. But I, I felt like Tampa Bay would edge them out, just edge them out. And that's pretty much what they did. If you win by, by one touchdown, that's just edging somebody out. That's not, that's not a killing by any means at all. Would you say? I, I agree. That game came down to two third down conversions by Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what it came down to. He had uh, he forced one to Antonio Brown that was double covered, and he still got it to get the first down. Antonio Brown made that catch. That was a great catch. Right, great catch. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown still got it. He yeah, he still he still had he never lost it, and I knew he never lost it. I just now my biggest still, still like the Steelers doing it. <laughs> my biggest problem is with uh, Nick Sirianni. That's my biggest problem. Uh, I don't about that. I don't understand what he's doing with these play calls. Mm-hmm. I just it it don't make sense to me. You know he kept. I remember his press conference. As a matter of fact, let me go all the way back. I remember you saying that he didn't have a suit on during the interview. Mm-hmm. So and they went in the back and they got him when they, when they announced him as the new coach. Yes. Right. And, you know, Deion Sanders said you got to dress for the job. That's right. Right. So I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, you were saying he didn't have a suit on. And then I, I, I see the press conference. He kept talking about these systems, system this and system that. You know, week one. You know, he had a pretty good week one. Uh, we're, we're a second-half team, so I see his improvements third and fourth quarter. But first first quarter is like, you know, we real dry. Like, I haven't seen him because they, they this is what they say about coaches. Coaches dial up a 10-play script to start the game. So his 10 plays hasn't got us a touchdown yet. And he's an offensive coordinator, hmm. former offensive coordinator, now head coach. Right. So, and, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, because Jalen Hurts missed passes and stuff. No, it, it just does not get us where we need to be at. We got too many three and outs. We're not, we're not doing enough. Too many penalties. Things has happened. These are mm-hmm. disciplinary things, and, and these are things that uh, we need to talk about. But nobody wants to talk about how bad Nick Sirianni is calling these plays. They want to just say, well, oh, it's Jalen. Well, I, I personally believe you could put any quarterback out there. And if they got to listen to Nick Sirianni's plays and they can't audible, it ain't going to work. Well, what about that play that goes on the goal line, on, on the one-yard line, line? What about that one? First tell, and tell, goal. tell the folks about that. It, it was first and goal from the one-yard line. He went shotgun on a read option. And Tampa Bay stopped it. Second and goal, he went back shotgun again. It's like second and goal from the three. But Jalen Hurts is such a good athlete, he got us a touchdown. Nobody wants to say that. Like we didn't win, we didn't win anything. We didn't win time of possession. We didn't win um the turnover game. We we didn't win, you know. And first downs, nothing. 
I think he got more T-shirts than we got first downs on the season. That's just me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Nick Sirianni. Um, we all know that Jalen um, holds the ball a little bit too long. Shout out to my my uh, brother-in-law, Mike. He out there and watching us today, and he sent me that text. That is true. He does hold the ball a little long, right. but, I mean – He's going to grow out of that. Okay. He's going to grow out of that. He's trying to make a play. He's trying to make a play with what he sees. He needs to read the defense a little quicker. Yes, he does. But again, he's such a superior, he's such a superior uh, athlete that even though he does that, he's still able to make plays despite that, despite his deficiencies. And he needs to get credit for that. Anytime you got a bl- bad play called by your head coach and then you're able to make something out of it, I wouldn't say that he stinks, Rob. I would not say that he stinks. I don't know. He's talking about... Uh, unless you're talking about Sirianni. He's talking about Sirianni. Now, if you're talking about Sirianni, then I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I don't think that he stinks all the way. Like I, like I was talking, we were talking about this last night Dennis and I were talking and I, I talked about the first game they played I think it was the first was it the first game and he was good the the, the uh against the Falcons the plays that he was calling were good play were good plays is what I'm saying yes I know it was only against the Falcons and the Falcons are not Tampa Bay I get it I'm not making that comparison but the actual plays that were called were smart <clears throat> I felt and I, 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 I was impressed by his, his package, his packages of plays. But you're right. I, I was questioning. I didn't watch the game, but when you, you told me, I mean, you asked me about that, that uh, first one-yard line thing, and I'm like, why are you in shotgun formation on, on the one? Don't make sense. I mean, I'm a chick, and I know you don't do that. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, OG, shout out to OG said that's like Pete Carroll play calling. It was. It was, it was that bonehead Super Bowl play call. It was. Like Pete Carroll. Fortunately, he was able to make, Jalen was able to make something out of it. But what if he wasn't? What if he didn't? Right. Guess who would have gotten the blame? Jalen. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the issue I'm having is often, please don't, I, I'm not going to say it. No, well, well, let me give a shout out to ACJ in the comments. She was at the Atlanta Falcons game with me. Uh, shout out to OG. Good morning, OG. Uh, Rob Whitney, who uh, got me on uh, Bella the Birdman podcast on Thursday. Shout out to Rob for that. The plug. And again, we 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 just look bad, and still almost won the game. That's the crazy yeah. thing. But see, that's that's the thing. You didn't look as great as you have been in the past weeks, but you still kept it close. And to keep it close with the defending Super Bowl champion, I believe it's to your credit. Now, credit doesn't win games. I got that for all the sarcastic folks that's watching and hearing me speak today. Yes, we know that. But I'm still saying that's to your credit. And, and, And the Eagles are moving in the right direction. I'm not an Eagle fan by any means, but I will call it like I see it. And you're moving in the in the right direction. That's what that's how I feel about it. 
Yeah, that's definitely how I feel about it. It, it, it just, it, it, you know, it, it's just sad, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember when I left that Atlanta game and one of the guys was like, yo, we got a good team. And I'm like, man, we don't fix this defense. It's going to be a problem. We need to get some linebackers because, you know, we can't we can't seem to do nothing right stopping the run. And he was like, well, it's going to take two, three years. I said, well, you never know. You never know how this is going to work out. Because we didn't know that 2017, we was going to the Super Bowl. So you never know how it's going to work out. Chips may all fall in your favor. That's true. But before we move on to the next subject, I, I wanted to give a mention on something. You know, when I come on here, especially on the side, John, I have a a few t-shirts I like to wear, right? Right. And every now and then I'll wear a t-shirt that's a conversation piece and sometimes it's not, it's a generic t-shirt. Well, today I am featuring the t-shirt for an organization called the Sissy. And the Sissy stands for Sisters Inspiring Sisters Incorporated founded by Terry Spicer of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, And this organization, I just wanted to give a shout out to this organization. Again, it's the Sissy. And what this organization has done is they provide gas cards for cancer patients. And let me tell you why that's critical. As a cancer patient, you have to go back and forth to the doctor a lot, either for chemo treatments or radiation or just doctor visits. And you have to see various types of doctors. It's not just one doctor. When you're getting treated by, for cancer, you have a cancer team. It's not just one physician. And so, and they're not always all in the same location. Lots of gas involved. So she was inspired and led to create this organization that specifically provides gas cards for um, cancer patients and doing an outstanding job. She has serviced, this organization has serviced all 100 counties in the state of North Carolina. I believe she's ventured out to other states. I can't recall. But if you would like to donate or contact them on how you can help this organization in any way, or even if you would like to feature them uh, in, in, a, in an article or shout them out on your Facebook page, you can just go to their website, which is the sissy, that's the T-H-E-S-I-S-I dot org and take a look. But it's a worthwhile organization. I was just led to wear her t-shirt this morning and to say hello to Ms. Terry, Mrs. Terry Spicer, um, the founder and creator, member of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and just an awesome woman, mother, wife. She's just a great person. So just wanted to uh, give her a shout out this morning. She didn't know I was going to do it. Nobody paid me or anything. It's just something that I want to do. Um, for a organization. So if anybody out there has an organization, they want to send me a t-shirt, I'd be more than happy to wear it on the show and promote it. But um, this is what I 
was led to do today. So, um, yeah, go to the website, you guys. It's a worthwhile organization. Okay. Well, as you know, <laughs> I was really excited yesterday because the WNBA was on. It was game three in Chicago. Chicago versus Phoenix Mercury. Chicago Sky versus Phoenix Mercury. And the Chicago Sky ended up blowing out the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, eighty to fifty six. Whoa! Yes, it yes. was. It was. It was serious. <laughs> it was a serious game. What? 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 The girls balling, Dennis? Were they balling? balling. Uh, Kalia Cooper was balling. She was definitely balling. She was. Um, Candace Parker. They. They was getting it in. Diana Taurasi was just off yesterday. She couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. Well, she you was know, off. Her wife just had a baby. Dennis, remember I was telling you? You was telling me so that. She's probably, so she's probably been up. You know, babies, they keep you up all night. That could be it. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't heard her say that or anything. I'm just thinking, she just, her wife just had a baby within the last five days, it looks like, I think. So she could be up. She could she be. She, like I said, she couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. Um, Sunday, 3 p.m., is a pivotal game four that mm -hmm. Phoenix has to win. Because if not, the Chicago Sky will end up winning the championship. And it will be their first championship. First championship, and, and let me which tell will you put Candace so Parker mm -hmm. on GOAT status. Yes, let me tell you why. This is what I was going to get into. She just left the L.A. Sparks. This is her first year, first season playing for Chicago. Right. And she helps to bring them a championship. That's, yeah, that's big. some that's some LeBron that's stuff big. right there. Yeah, that's that's big. That's big. Yeah. And you know, I, I right like now, it. you know, everybody voted on the first WNBA GOAT, and everybody, you know, the, the, the results came in and, and Diana Taurasi. That's great. I think she deserves it to a certain extent. You know, my pick was Cheryl Swoops. That was my pick who will forever be the GOAT of the WNBA for me. Um, but this right here, doing something like this in the WNBA, bringing an iconic city as Chicago, a championship, the first season you transfer there. And I mean, she's a big reason why. It's not like she's just there as the sixth man or, or sixth woman, I should say, on the bench, coming off the bench and helping them win a championship. No, she's Candace Parker's, the offense is built around her. So right. that's what I say. I say I say it's huge. Right, right. Uh, I love Candace Parker, so you know how I feel. That's my boo. Shout out to BJ Samuels, man. Good morning, BJ. Shout out to, shout out to Sheila in the building. What's up, sister Sheila? <laughs> Hi, sissy. My sister's in the comments. Yeah. Um, that that was that was one of the things I just I was excited to watch that game on uh, Friday night. I know the NBA was on, but I was more excited to watch the WNBA. And Chicago was packed. Chance the rapper was in the building. I mean, it was packed. That was a wow. packed house there. So when they say people ain't coming out to see the WNBA play, that's a lie. They coming oh, to see the play. Oh, and when they say that it's boring, it's a lie. I get into all these. Con these conversations, especially in 2MW Sports 360, 
a Facebook sports group that I'm in. And whenever I post anything about um, the WNBA, here come all these fellas. It's boring and I don't watch it. And I'm thinking, how you know it's still boring to you then if you're not watching? If you're not giving it a chance, how do you know it's boring? How do you yeah. know if you're not I, watching? I watch it. I love it. Well, I'm like you. My goal is to get to at least two, at least two WNBA games in 2022. That's my goal. Because see, it, we used to have the Charlotte Sting. We don't have the Sting anymore. You know, and I'm here in North Carolina. I got to drive. It's a drive. It's a hike for me to go somewhere to see some WNBA action. So I'm going to have to decide. Do I want to go up to Washington and see the Mystics, which is probably what I would do? <laughs> or do I want to go down south? Well, I probably will go to Washington because I like the Mystics. I actually like that team. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> BJ crazy. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. And well, we know this whole week everybody's been talking about these emails of John Gruden. Um, mm. You know, oh. I really feel as though, you know, when you do stuff like that, you got what you deserve. That's exactly how I feel, you know. Um, how do you feel about it? Well, for those watching that been under the rock or high up in the tree and don't know what we're talking about, um, the NFL was investigating the Washington football team due to allegations of unfair treatment to its employees and other personnel surrounding the team. And during their investigation, they came upon emails from John Gruden, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders um, this year. And um, they, go all, they go as far back as 2011, I believe, so the last 10 years. And um, in the emails that they found, he was sending them to uh, a person affiliated with the Washington football team. I can't remember what his role is or what his name is right now. It escapes me. You can put it in the comments if you do. But, um, and in the emails, he's made some very racist, sexist, homophobic comments. Very anti-whatever comments in the statements, I'm sorry, in the emails. And since they were discovered, they turned the information over first though <laughs> to the New York Times. <laughs> they turned over the first one with the comments that he made about the NFL Players Association's um, DeMoris Smith, I think that's his name is, DeMoris Smith. DeMoris Smith, yeah. yeah. And uh, made a comment about his lips are as big as Michelin tires or something. Dumb Morris. And he played, made a play on his first name, DeMorris, and spelled it D-U-M-B and emphasized it. D-U-M-B Morris Smith has lips as big as Michelin tires. And, and, and when it's being reported, it's taken out of the context of the email. And that's the only thing you're given, that, that he made that comment. It, so it doesn't really matter to me what the context it was in. It's still racist, it, it is, it's a racist trope. Everybody knows, knows anything about our history that that's a racist trope. That black men have big lips and dumb as hell and the big lips are an indicator of their dumbness. That's what they say. You see this black man with big lips, you know he's dumb. Yeah, it's all connected. Black, big lips, dumb. So that's the trope. 
in there, he also made some other statements. And plus, the, the Washington football team um, personnel person emailed John pictures of two of the Washington football cheerleaders topless. And as I mentioned on Talk Your Is Tuesday, when John Gruden received that email with the topless women, he was so outraged that guess what he did? Absolutely nothing. So in other words, he wasn't outraged. It was all in fun to him. He right. did nothing about it. Then you right. go to the, the homophobic statements that he made that, you know, football teams, NFL teams shouldn't have been made to uh, sign uh, one Michael of the Sam. Other players, Michael Sam, who was a, an openly gay player that came out of college and didn't, they, they shouldn't have been forced to, forced to sign him. And they weren't forced to, but that's his opinion. They were. And so he said it shouldn't be. Now, John Gruden is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, has an openly gay player player on his own team. Yeah. That's playing well. Yeah. Playing lights out. Kicking butt, taking names, gay. Who cares? Care what he does at home. So anyway, this is how I feel about it. I feel he got what he deserved. That's one. Number two, I'm going to try not to be long-winded. Shout out to Guru. Shout out to Guru, long-winded Guru. Yeah, I don't want to be long-winded. I feel like he got what he deserved, number one. Number two, I am extremely bothered by the fact that the NFL is saying that they're not going to release all the rest of the emails. And they opted to only release the emails that was disparaging to John Gruden. Because to me, that's a hint of targeting. And I feel that's, that's a hint of two things, targeting John Gruden and protecting others that they don't want the truth out about. Three, I applaud the NFL Players Association for presenting the demand that they do release all the rest of the emails but we're gonna to have to watch that very carefully to see how far that goes. And four, John Gruden is still gonna get his check. And I, you need to watch out folks, because if we see him back in sports anywhere, you need to show up and show out. Don't get amnesia when he comes back three or four years later. And all you remember is he's, he's Super Bowl champion, John Gruden. It's, it's gonna be. Don't it's gonna forget be 10, later. It's gonna be ten years later when his son has a head coaching opportunity. Then he's gonna come back as a consultant for the team. Probably, you're probably right. right. That's how they do it. You know what I mean by they. So right. I'm just. I don't have any problem with anything that happened. I want to know what's gonna happen to the people he sent these emails to who stayed quiet all these years about it. It's not like he sent emails to himself. He sent these emails to somebody. So they got something what to did they Right. What did they say back to him? What did they say to him before he made the statements? They had the What context were they talking about? He didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to send this Demoris comment. I'm going to send this chick comment. I'm going to send this homophobic comment. He didn't do that. He's talking with someone electronically. The question also was asked, I believe it was by you, we were talking about this on Tuesday. Right. 
and you asked the question. Somebody else talked about it. you were like, yeah, I don't understand. Why would they talk about all this in email? Right. I told you why. My answer was, and it still remains, because it shows their privilege. They knew they could do it, say it, say whatever they want to do, say, do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter if it's in email or not. Doesn't matter if anybody finds it. Hey, it's us. We can do what the hell we want. What are they going to do to us? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's what privilege gets you. It gives you a false sense of security. Well, is it false? It's not false, really, because privilege has gotten them a long way so far. Right. The only way that this would be broken is if this and other incidents are handled differently. So I don't have any problem with the way it was handled. Don't have any problem with it at all. And I'll leave it at that. It just seemed like something they, all right, to me, it seemed like something they did during a meeting. You know how you were like a born, they probably was in a born NFL PA meeting. So they going back and forth talking about people. Hey, you see his lips look like Michelin tires. Then Bull probably wrote him back saying something. And he went back and said something else. But they right. won't say who it was that said something to right. him. Right, right. And won't tell us what was said. Nothing. No, right. all of that I, needs to come out. Because I believe that the Washington football team are going to be forced to sell a team. And the Washington football team will be a Black-owned team. And they don't want that. <laughs> you think so? Not, not the tradition of the Washington football team. No. Well, you could have a point. They don't want that. So they're trying to sweep it under the rug as much as possible. So I, I just, it's just some things that, you know, you just don't understand. To me, that's that's something that you say in-house. You know what I mean? Well, you could have a point because you got to keep in mind who the Washington football team is. Again, I remind people, they were the last NFL team to integrate with Black people in 1962. They were the last team to sign a black player, Bobby Mitchell, 1962. So you may be right. They may mm. not want it to be ever owned by a black person. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm say this as we get off this John Gruden segment. The Kansas City Chiefs are have everybody nervous. Now, you know, they making excuses for them. Oh, they lost the, the, the three, four, one teams. Don't be sitting there thinking that they're going to be bad. Andy Reid's the coach. I've seen Andy Reid in the bad season. This is one of them, okay? This yeah. is one of them. Yeah, Andy Reid was a former Philadelphia Eagles great coach, right? Right. This is, this is one of his bad seasons. I see it as a pattern. This is it. What nobody's talking about, and shout out to A.B., Patrick Mahomes is throwing too many interceptions. Yes. He's not helping his team. He's hurting his team. But nobody has, wants to admit that. He had six interceptions the entire season last year. Right. He had six by week four. Week five, I'm sorry. Week five, he got six already. Already. That's just to let you know. This is a bad – and he's and, – and the crazy thing is, it's not like it's six and, you know, it was 50-50 ball. No, these are six – 
bad passes. These are six interceptions, you know, a couple of them that you threw that threw the game away. The Baltimore game, it definitely threw that game away. Yeah. And because you're trying to make a play. But what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is he got drafted because they said he was the next Brett Favre. So he's starting to play like him, taking all these extra chances. Right. Kansas City, your problem is you need to fix your defense. Instead of you signing one of the five defensive players that was out there, you know, from Jamie Collins to um, from Jamie Collins to uh, Jalen, um, what's Jalen last name? Jalen from the Cowboys, a linebacker, uh, from the cornerback from the Patriots who went to the Panthers. Well, they also um, don't have a running game. They don't have a running game. Right. The running game is suspect. So there's Very there's no help there. And it's, it, again, you're not fixing these problems. Your biggest thought was, let me go get Josh Gordon. That was your biggest thought. Or somebody they you don't have a need. running game, and they don't, and their defense is suspect as well. But if you think about which one is priority, it's the defense. You don't defense. You know, it's the defense. You would go defense, to the defense wins first. championships. I mean, in for their team now, maybe in some others, it wouldn't be that way. But for Kansas City, looking at their team, they need more help on defense than running. Right. And when they when they drafted. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I thought that was a bad draft fit. And I said that so back he's, then. He's proving that because he can't hold on to the ball. Right. I said that back then. In, I said, In critical moments, he fumbles the ball. In critical moments. It's not that he fumbles a lot, but he does it at the dang blast at wrong time. That's the issue. Reminds me of somebody else, but I won't say his name. Oh, snap. Oh, man. I'm not going to say his name. I'm, I'm going to lead him oh, along today. But, yeah, Kansas City definitely does need help. We'll see, you know, how they progress for the next couple of weeks. You know, as I say, I can't wait till November because it's going to be a November to remember. That's what I say. It's going to be a November to remember. Well, I want to point out something else, though. This is one of the reasons why we called the show today, what the hell is going on. Because not only because of what's going on, you know, with John Gruden and all that craziness and what the hell is going on, that that Chicago just whooped (laughs) Phoenix. In the, in the in the finals, yeah. not only that, but we, you and I, Dennis, have been talking about this same Kansas City team since last fall. Yeah, all before the twenty twenty. I mean, fall that uh, twenty twenty before the twenty twenty season started, and we were talking about. I mean, when it started, we were talking about their first few games. They didn't look right. Remember. They were winning games, but they always had to come back from behind and win these games over people, over teams that they should have easily beat. They were coming back from behind. By weeks, I'd say about nine or ten, we were really saying it. Almost every Talk Your Is Tuesday show, something ain't right about that team. We keep telling y'all, y'all not listening. Right. Right. Then we get to the they get through the playoffs and they're going to the Super Bowl. We were like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna beat. They're not gonna and beat. that Cleveland, that Cleveland Browns game was was a big game, you know. <laughs> right. We all know Cleveland, Cleveland do fall short, but I mean Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland hung in there with them. Now a lot of people are gonna say that's because Patrick did. Mahomes got injured, but Cleveland hung in there with them, man. It was it was a hell of a game. But if you watch it, 
unbiasedly and objectively, you had to see the failings and the deficiencies of the Kansas City Chief were a problem that right. late in the season, going into the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, right. who ain't no slackers. They ain't no slackers. And, and, and they're being quarterbacked by the guy that everybody else but me thinks is the GOAT. So if you truly think that he's the GOAT, why are you picking Kansas City? Because this, they is, think this, is, this is why I was so confused because I saw all these people calling Brady the GOAT. You all saw the same games that we saw all season. We saw the product that Kansas City put on the field, but you're still picking Kansas City to win. I didn't understand it. My pick was based upon hope. I wanted them to win. I wanted them to whoop Tampa Bay's behind, but it didn't happen that way. No, I knew uh, I knew Tampa Bay was gonna win. Tampa Bay have a terrible secondary, but right. well, they got terrible corners, but they got good safeties, good and safety. those safeties came to play. Yeah, they didn't. Sh <laughs> they put it on Kansas City in the last Super Bowl. Let me just say that. Right. They put it on them. It was ready to play. But anyway, but we've been calling it. I just wanted to point that out to the public. Dennis and I have been calling out the Kansas City Chiefs since last season. It's more of the same this season. I don't understand why everybody's not talking about it. Why is it such hush-hush? The only person I heard talk, talk about it yet is Stephen A. Smith, and nobody wants to hear him say it. No. Then they want to discredit him. Right. But he told, he's telling the truth. Mm. Talk about well, that, too. I'm glad you said that. Speaking of Stephen A. Smith, or as the guru would call him, Stinking A. Smith, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Stephen A. Smith. Uh, listen, I do too. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's sometimes, you know, everybody's saying, oh, he uh, he a traitor, he a sellout. Sellout. He's on TV five days out of the week. And sometimes he's on TV twice in those five days out of the week. He going to say something. He got to speak on every issue. And he got to speak on it the way that he see it. Now, if you got a problem with it, just you just got a problem with it. But he's been doing this since he's been there. He is talking. He is talking to town. Because if he wasn't talking to town, you wouldn't have a problem with what he was saying. That's right. That's why he's big time. That's why he is who he is. Right. And like he said, he got five more years left on his deal. But the Kyrie situation about him not getting the vaccine and um, Stefan Marbury, you know, making a video, speaking up for him, saying. We needed to fund Stephen A. Smith's mouth. At the end of the day, uh, nobody's. Oh, I'm not mad at Kyrie, but I think Nets fans and Nets players probably is, especially mm -hmm. Kevin Durant because he had that long conversation with him in the hallway about how they was going to do good <laughs> and win a championship. Right. And now you ain't even gonna be there. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's not gonna be there, like something happened to keep him. He's right. making the decision not to be there. Not to be there. That he doesn't have to make. And I, you know, some, I just don't understand, you know, if, if he wants to not get the vaccine, I know a team he can come to, uh, you know, because we got a guy we don't want. So I know a team he can come to. We can make a good switch. I'll take that switch. At least if he come to us, he only going to miss about 10 games. So, 
And if he do come to us, then we got to have the best record in the NBA. Because we can't have no game seven in the finals in L.A. And he can't be there. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what can't happen. But that's so. what will happen if he does, if he decides not to get vaccinated. Right. I think, okay, if you listen to, I'm a Kyrie fan. Let's I like Kyrie too. Uncle Drew was I'm my guy. Kyrie fan. I believe he's got some of the best handles on a point guard I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to get into he ain't top five or he's this or who you got on your list. I don't want to hear all that. That's not what this is about. So, but I just wanted to give some background that I am a Kyrie Irving fan, Duke graduate. I, well, I shouldn't say graduate. He went to Duke. I don't know if he has a degree, but anyway, um, I like him. My problem, my issue with him is the same as what Stephen A said on the video clip that I sent you this morning. In his response to Stephon Marbury, he said, this is not about his greatness because he, Stephon Marbury tried to make it like, try to make it seem as if Stephen A was being unfair by saying that he's selfish because Kyrie isn't selfish as much stuff as he's done for the community, both black and white, the much, you know, much things as he does out there. He's not selfish. How could you call him that? Well, Stephen A. Smith is not talking about in the community. So in his rebuttal, Stephen A. Smith points out he has done a lot in the community. That's not what I'm talking about. But he's being, in his opinion, selfish when it comes to basketball. He is the one Kyrie, that encouraged KD and James Harden, who I don't like, James Harden to come <laughs> to the team. He did that. You know what I'm saying? He did that. He did that. And uh, <laughs> and now they're there. It's almost like bait and switch. Come here. Now I'm not going to be there. I need to chill. And so what Stephen A. does in his rebuttal is he lays out a timeline to to verify and explain to everyone where his own opinion comes from. I didn't make this up just so I can sell ads on ESPN and be a hot take. I'm telling you, this is where I feel this way because of things that Kyrie himself has done and said. He's not making it up. He's not fabricating anything, and he definitely has not misunderstood anything. So, number one, Dennis, when Kyrie was at Cleveland, did he not get sick of playing with LeBron and ask to be traded? Yes or no? He did. When he was traded, where did he go? Did he go to Boston Celtics? Yes, he went to Boston Celtics. Okay. When he got to the Boston Celtics, he gets hurt. He's out for weeks and weeks and weeks. A couple of times throughout the season, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They went him? all the way to the, went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie, didn't they? Yeah, without him and Gordon. Right, but he was at, without both of them. Right. right, but he definitely wasn't there. Right, so that's true. Mm-hmm. But when he was there, he had to call LeBron and apologize to LeBron. I'm sorry. Uh, he didn't understand all that LeBron was trying to do and say to him before when he was there. Now he gets it as trying to be the leader of the Celtics. He gets it now. 
So he had to apologize to the one that he asked to get away from. Did he not? He did. No. He did. Okay. So that's three right there that Stephen A. Smith said in his rebuttal that was accurate. Fourth thing, he said, now he goes to the Brooklyn Nets, persuades Kevin DeGrant and James Harden to come. Did he not? Did he yep. not do that? Yes. Then they get there and he makes decisions that's going to keep him from playing on the team at all now. How are they supposed to feel about that? Mm. How are they supposed to feel about that? And it's not like anyone's asking him to do something illegal or immoral to stay on the team. I just, I'm just like, what? And he says also in terms of the vaccine, he says, I'm on the fence still. I'm on the fence. It is October, 2021, Kyrie. You are an intelligent brother. What are you on the fence about now? I mean, how long has this vaccine been out? Uh, been out almost a long time. The vaccine, I'm saying. The vaccine. The vaccine's been out at least six months. Oh. At least. What are you on the fence about? Kyrie Irving has the power and the money that he can pay to have access to any skilled professional in the world of viruses, viral treatments, uh, anything that he can have them flown out to his house to do a personal session to get all the information he needs to know about healthcare, vaccines and everything so that he doesn't have to be on the fence. And if after all that information, he still decides, you know what, I'm not getting the vaccine, fine. I just don't understand the on the fence thing. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand the fence because enough information is out there now. And I'm looking in the comments, Tavai Thomas says you have healthcare professionals that don't want it. Yes, yes, you do. But you got to look at why they don't want it. I know one in the healthcare professional profession that doesn't want it. But I got to look at the person I'm talking about and who they are and the types of things they believe. So that doesn't sway me in any way at all, not me. But anyway, I, I'm just I'm just putting this out here because I was very I was very agitated and aggravated by that that video. I'm a Stefan Marbury fan, but I felt like he was out of pocket to say silence his voice and accuse him of selling out folks and all that. I get so sick of that narrative that's not true about Stephen A. Smith. Y'all don't know Stephen A. Smith. If you think he's a sellout, y'all don't know Stephen A. Smith. You definitely don't know him like I know him. I don't know him personally, like he's not my friend and not gonna see me and say, hey, Sharon, and give me a hug. He doesn't know me like that. And I don't know him like that. But what I do know about him and what he does for people and the things he cares about and what he has done for black people that nobody wants to ever talk about or find out about, you can't ever call him a sellout. Sorry. Right, uh, like I said, he on TV Fridays of the week, sometimes twice a day. So he's gonna say he's gonna say something. He got to speak on every issue. He's gonna say something. You may not like it, but it is what it is. He's gonna say something. 
That's right. And and the reason that you listening to what he says is because he's box office. That's it. Because if somebody else said it, you wouldn't have a situation. But when Stephen A. say it, it's like, oh man, I can't believe Stephen A. said that. It's because he box office. That's and he's right. a nice he's guy. Gonna, and he's gonna talk about it. Let me tell you something else very important that he picked out, that he pointed, that Stephen A. Smith pointed out about Stefan Marbury's comments. So Stefan Marbury ended his video comment with, they need to, to um, defund Stephen A. Smith's voice. And Stephen A., in his rebuttal, laid it out. And he wasn't angry. He wasn't yelling and screaming. He laid it out. And said to back to Stefan, watch Stefan Marbury's documentary. If my if you have such a problem with my voice, why is it my voice talking about what a fantastic player you are? Why was it that my voice was the one all up and through your documentary? You didn't have a problem with my voice back then when it was something you agreed with. Why all of a sudden now? Now you got a problem with my voice and it needs to be defunded. You see how the, 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 the you see the double standard and hypocrisy in that, Dennis? You see right. that? I, I see all that. That's no why, I, you know, at some point you just got to be like, you know, Stephen A, you know, if you upset with what Stephen A said, just call him. Don't don't I make mean, this a, a sellout situation. Don't right. make this that, that type of issue. Just call him. And, and, and people think Stefan Marbury couldn't just pick up the phone and call Stephen A. Yes, he could. Yes, he can. Because if covering, you guys remember, Stephen Stephen a. Marbury since he was, was a school. big champion of Steve, Stephon Marbury when he was going through that crap with the Knicks. Right. He was on his side with that. Play to me. And um, he, he was very vocal about it. You know, the Knicks is his favorite team. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I look at all this now. It's to me, I don't know what the hell is going on, Dennis. I don't know what the hell is going on, but it's it's like I feel like I was having this conversation with my sister just yesterday. It's okay. like we're living in an alternative universe or something. All of a sudden, people who ordinarily wouldn't believe crazy stuff are the very ones believing crazy stuff. And and nothing is real anymore. Like nobody believes anything. Nobody believes anything. Sheila Mullen put in the comments, 600,000 plus have died from COVID. I don't understand why there is a question about taking this vaccine. This is a public safety or public health vac uh, issue. Vaccines have been and are required for public safety. Yes, Sheila, that's what it's all about. Public health. I made a point of saying that on another show. It's about public health. Right. You can't put your own individual needs above public health. Not in a democratic society. You can't do it. Well, with that being said, I did get my first shot yesterday. <laughs> I did get mine. So three more weeks, get another dose. Let me tell you, Dennis, I told you about the happy dance my sister and I were doing. <laughs> when I got your text. Yeah, it's, it's certain places I want to go. And, um, you know, I'm not going to let nothing restrict me from going, so. Well, even more so than that, Dennis, you care about yourself. And you right. want to be healthy. And you want to be here. 
and you want to be present, shout out to Jay Will. I know personally Jay Will, our boy on Stay Tuned. That's right. Um, was rooting for you too and reaching out to you too. Yeah. And we're proud of you and happy my, for you. My brother's a hockey team. This is not an easy guy, an easy thing to be decided about this vaccine. I was hesitant at first. Believe that. What were you saying, Dennis? I said, uh, I got to give a shout out to my brother's Hawking T. Um, my boss who told me that I need to get it. That was just, A lot of people were surprised that I didn't have it already, all the traveling I was on. Right. And I was like, well, I, you know, honestly, I was in COVIDville. Shit, I was in Miami and Atlanta. That's COVIDville. Yeah. yeah, but the one thing I will say about you, Dennis, you wore your mask, though. Yeah. You wore that mask. You wasn't and sitting go, out there. I ain't with go to too many crazy on. places. Right. I ain't go to too, too many crazy places. I ain't want to uh, get it and then you know bring it back to the fam. So I try so to just and how, stay. And how are you? How are you feeling today? Uh, my arm sore. I'm a little tired. That's about it. Yeah. That is about it. Shout out to OG. He said he's very happy for you and being accountable for your health. Health. Yeah, yeah. Most we love you, OG. Yeah, and, and my mom. My mom did tell me to get it too. She been told of me. Of course, to get it. of course yeah. she did. You know I did. Me, me and my dad, we was debating should we get it, you know. And I told him I'm going on Friday, so I think he went and got his on Friday too. I'm gonna call oh, him up later good. on. If he did, yeah, that's yeah. Because we was, you know, we I work in the school around a bunch of kids, so you know, kids carry germs, crazy. Yeah, so. they do. And and then if they're under 12, they can't get a shot. I think right. they're finally starting to too soon or something. They're trying to get it if something approved for them, but I don't think it has been yet. I'm not sure, but the last thing I heard under 12, they still cannot be vaccinated. So wow. if you're working around young children, then you really need to protect yourself and them. Yeah, I got uh, my school's from kindergarten to eighth grade. Yeah, right in that age range. Right in that under that you know age range, the majority of them. Yep. Well, I knew I knew once you told me because you know you guys Dennis has been saying that he was going to get it for a while, and um, I refused to ask him what are you waiting on. I did never ask you that, did I, Dennis? Did I ever say no. what are you waiting on? Didn't never ask asked me. Mm -mm. I just I just prayed about it, but I knew when he came to me and said. I'm going Friday. He actually put a day on it. I knew it was just as good as done. Yeah, because so, you you and uh, Ernest OG, y'all both, um, both said, you know, don't get it during the week because you got to go back to work. And I'm glad right. I didn't because I wouldn't have been able to go to work today. So, right. Because yeah. you you just be too fatigued. It's just a fatigue thing. Right. I mean, your whole body isn't riddled in pain and all that. You're not going through any of that. No. But you would be going through if you possibly would be going through if you had COVID. Possibly. Not 100%. Right. You know, COVID affects people in different ways. That's what I'm finding. Because, you know, I've had a lot of people that I know personally have had it or they have family members that had it. And I always ask, what are the symptoms? What do they go through? I'm always asking because it's such a wide range. Wide range. It is. 
Because a lot of people was like, oh, I don't taste nothing. And I'm like, oh, I ain't had that problem. I can taste everything. And another, another comment, Jay Jones says, this is a tough topic to discuss, in my opinion. Neither side is wrong. No, I not. agree. I agree, Jay. It is tough to discuss. And I am not going to say, and I hope I'm not sounding like it. So let me just say this. I am not saying that the people who don't take it are wrong necessarily. I'm not saying, oh, you're a horrible person or you're wrong or you don't care. I'm not going to go that far. I just, I'm just going to say personally, I don't understand it. That's all I can say. I don't understand it. And I've had various people explain to me their reasoning why, and I still, I'm no more wiser. I don't understand. It. Right. And I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Now, now I wasn't. Now, back in the day, I took a flu shot. I want to say uh, 2012 and 2013, and, and the next day, both of them, I got, I got real sick. I said, I ain't taking mm -hmm. no more flu shots. I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. You know, Have and that's how any? I, that's how I thought about the vaccine. I'm like, come on, here we go. You know, I've heard sometimes you do have a reaction to that the first time you get a particular vaccine. But I bet you if you got a flu shot again, it wouldn't happen the second time. I bet you. I bet you. Well, I got it two years back to back. Both times I got sick. I'm saying another time after that. Oh, because I, I, I'm one of those guys who, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I rarely get sick. I'm one of those guys really get sick. I, I'm a guy who wears a hoodie, you know, during the wintertime. I ain't had a coat since 2004. And my, yeah, you know, my I, manager. I rarely get sick too. I don't My manager laughs at me about that. Blues. In fact, I haven't had the flu since second grade. That's the last time I've had a real flu. Yeah, I, I ain't have the... My sister, my sister, Sheila Mullen, said my daughter gets the flu shot every year. Each time she missed getting the shot, she got the flu. Yeah. Now, 2020, no, 2019, going into 2020, I got real sick. You know, like I want to say, right, right before uh, Kobe Bryant passed away, I had got real sick. You know, now I, I was sick bad, but I still went to both of my jobs, and it, it was bad. I started falling asleep at the job and everything. It was, it was terrible. Um, and that was the one time. Then, then COVID came out in February, and I was like, "Well, damn, I might have had that because I was sick as hell." Mm -hmm. And I was just taking a bunch of Nyquil. I remember a lot of a lot of people told me that they got sick anywhere from November, December, or the January before COVID was right. announced, March first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember wow. when I think it was March thirteenth, they told us, you know, the school gonna be closed. And then like the twenty seventh, I think it was in March. That's when they uh, shut the shut the shut the United States down. Mm -hmm. You had to be an essential worker to go to work. Right. And the, the good thing is we're, we're, we're essential people because we, we handle property insurance. So we have to function because if people, if we have a hurricane over here in North Carolina, people need their checks to get their homes rebuilt. Right. And so I, I was, uh, but we were so, so organized ahead of time. As soon the week before they gave the shutdown order, the week before, they hadn't even given them any type of inkling of an order or anything. Our CEO said, no, today is Friday. Take everything home with you and work from home starting Monday. That was good. So we did that 
like before the shutdown even happened and we've been at home ever since and we are still functioning and cutting checks that's what we're doing yeah that, that was that was good that was definitely good mm-hmm. um i didn't you leave the house scared. until i don't think i left the house until june that's when i finally left the house mm-hmm. i was in the house the whole time i didn't leave the house to june yeah, we but, had those you know, uh late night zoom to. Late night Zoom parties. I had to leave the house because I had to go, you know, I had doctor's appointments. And of course I gotta go to get groceries. Right. Oh no, they uh at that time they was delivering groceries to the house. Oh, oh yeah, they do. I just don't ever want to use it. That's a whole nother story. I'm not even okay. We gotta talk about that one. Me and my weirdness with that. I'll talk about that another time, but I didn't use it. So there's three places I go to doctor treatments and stuff to pick up my prescriptions uh-huh. and grocery store. And I will go to my sister's house. That's it. But I wear my mask. Yeah, I wear. I still wear my <laughs> mask. Time. I've been vaccinated fully. Still wear my mask, honey. Yeah, I still wear my mask. I've been on. Va- I, I got, well, wait a minute, hold up. I did get sick one time. I was at, uh, I was on my way to California. And as soon as I landed, I just felt real tired and sick. Mm-hmm. And I slept the whole first day. Missed everything. Slept the whole first day. Mm-hmm. Ain't, ain't do just, nothing else. That could have just been jet lag. Because I'm telling you, my sister used to fly back and forth to Cali. And she would be wiped sometime from that from that flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from in the comments, um, Sheila Mullen said vaccines have been around for years and are non-negotiable for kids to attend school through college, adults to work, etc. Right. She was making a That's point about that. OG said, just rest this weekend, Dennis, and reset your body and just relax. Everybody's different. Man, especially that uh, when college kids, all that, all that crazy partying they do, they all need to be vaccinated. All the crazy stuff go down in there. All the drugs they taking, child. I remember <laughs> I went to drugs. I went to a my first my first college party I went to. Um, this is actually a big college. I went to their party. It was at somebody's mm-hmm. apartment. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm drinking, enjoying myself. You know, uh, something's a knock at the door. You know, somebody comes in. He got an oxygen tank on his shoulder. Everybody's excited, right? <laughs> Everybody excited. I'm sitting in the corner, like, where did everybody get these balloons at? Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm at the party, and I, you know, I'm always nervous. So, there's a bunch of white people there. Let me get that out the way. So, the first, so the guy comes in, he says, $25 for a hit, $50 free refill. So, what is they doing? So, you know, the, the white woman went, she hit it. She passed out. I thought she died. I said, "Cuz we got to, we got to go right now. We got to, I said, "Cuz we got to go." Uh-uh, she done died. We got to go. We got to get out of here. Got to go. I said, "Cuz, let's go. Come on." She gets up and says, "I'm not dead. I'm just lightheaded. I need another hit." I said, "What the hell? He got in that oxygen tank." <laughs> they was over there hitting the helium. They was everybody had a balloon. I'm like. Where did he get a balloon at? <laughs> like, what, what did I miss? Like, they, they all knew you he missed, was coming. You missed no, the memo. No. You missed right. the memo. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, what in the hazies? That was the crazy thing I said. From then on, I said, no, I'm just going. I'm bringing my own bottle and I'm drinking. Because I was always told by 
older people, don't be drinking that punch because they spike the punch. If you leave your cup somewhere, leave it. Don't go back to it. Because right. one, one of my old heads actually got, uh, he actually went crazy after he drunk the punch. And he ain't been the same since. He passed away. Shout really? out to Alvertis, man. Shout out to Alvertis. It's like a layup. They probably, laced it. they probably laced it with something. Right. And they said he ain't been the same since. But if you actually seen him and somebody told you he went to college, you'd have been like, he went to college? That's how you'd have looked at Because we we were shocked. We was like, they was like, you know, Alvertis ain't always been like that. I was like, what What you mean he ain't always wow. been like that? They said Alvertis was real smart. He went to college. College? <laughs> like, that's how we went to college. Alvertis? No, you tripping. Hey, hey. I know. You, I got to see this. Where the picture's at? I don't believe none of this. <laughs> that was that was Alvertis, man. And he he had the uh he had the saying, you know, he'll play basketball, he'd be shooting threes. He could uh, listen, one of the best shooters I've seen shoot threes. And every time he made it, he says like a layup in your mouth. <laughs> That's all he keeps saying. And they would be out there gambling money for uh three-point shots playing pig or ox. It all depends what was going on. But yeah, that was. That was a crazy time. Shout out to the rest in peace to Alvarez, man. It's my OG. Yeah. Let's say it. Man, they yeah. spiked him. You know, when you when you start thinking about sports, you think about the overwhelming number of black players in the NFL in the NBA a lot. But yeah. do you ever wonder how many of them came from an HBCU? You know what's crazy? I didn't know this until Deion Sanders got to Jackson State. Jackson State has more Hall of Famers than Florida State, than Florida. Than Florida. Than Florida. Has more Hall of Famers than Florida. The old you. <laughs> no, that's Miami. No, that's Miami. Yeah. I call them the Hurricanes. I don't call them the U. I call them the Hurricanes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they ain't won nothing since they've been to you. They the Hurricanes. I know. But yeah, they they got they got four Hall of Famers and Florida only has two. I mean, when I say Hall of Famers, I mean NFL Hall of Famers for those who want to fact check. They only have two NFL Hall of Famers as of right now. Now I believe some guys will go. I believe uh I believe Pouncey might get in, and I believe that uh um Joe Joe Hayden will get in. Mm-hmm. I believe those two will get in. Where did they go? Did they go to where did they, they go? went to Florida? Florida, okay. Yeah, Florida. That's the that's the school that uh the crazy school, as they say. They got a whole documentary about it. Uh Ace the MVP was, was telling me about it how during the Urban Meyer Tim Tebow year, how all those all those things was going on in Florida. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer. But I but I um mm-hmm. for basketball players, it's easier because they're getting drafted off their high school height. Right. So they so before they even get on the floor on the basketball court, they're already getting drafted all day off their high school height. That's why you got guys like Kyrie Irving play 11 games, be the first pick of the draft because of his high school height. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I went to the Allen Iverson Classic what, game. What about, what about football, though? They don't, they don't get high school height? No, they don't get drafted off their high school height. They got to actually put that work in the football. Cause you don't, it's not a one and done. You actually got to stay there a couple of years. Well, two and done. It can be two. Yeah, and if you look bad in two years, they like, well, he was just good in high school. 
Got you. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Which was which that. was weird to me, but it is what it is. Because there's a lot of guys that be number one in their class and then go to college and they don't mm -hmm. be found. That's that's well, just that, my thoughts. Well, that's what leads to the next segment we were going to talk about: black students attending HBCUs versus predominantly white institutions. Right. Is there a power, power fives. Yeah. Well, any of them. But is there a difference? Does it matter which one they attend? Why or why not? What does it matter? I think the fact that they are now getting sponsored, even the playing field. How? Because these kids are now making money off their name. So a lot of kids won't go to Alabama to be a third string when. They could go somewhere else to be a superstar and make a lot of sponsor money mm. instead of going to Alabama. You know, everybody want to go to, I want to go to Alabama, want to go to Alabama. Well, a lot of other kids go somewhere else. When they and, decide to go to other than Alabama, there's a whole lot of schools to choose from other than Alabama that are not HBCUs. Right. So what would make them want to be, want to go to an HBCU instead? Well, only thing I can say right now is HBCU's making a turn for the good, uh, thanks to Deion Sanders and um, I want to say his name, Eddie George. You know, they're, they're trying to make a turn for the good. They're trying to do something with that SWAG conference. So I can, you know, honestly see things happening now. Deion Sanders was saying on a football term that why don't they let 50 HBCU kids go to the combine? Because they already got 250 kids there. Why they don't let 50 HBCU kids go to that same combine? That's what he was saying. He was like, he was like, they already got, you know, five players for each position. All you're doing is just putting another player per position. So why can't they go? Well, why aren't why haven't they been going all along? Is there a rule? I don't I don't know. They a, a lot of a lot of schools don't look at HBCUs like that. And it's sad because you know, you get guys like Darius Leonard, who was one of the best linebackers in the game, plays for the Indianapolis Colts. He's from the HBCU. Okay, so what you're saying is the NFL Combine allows five players at each position. Yeah. And it's never from an HBCU? The players I think are it's, never I think from? It's, I think it's 10 at each position. I'm cool. I think or it's 10. 10 at each position. Let's just right. say it's 10. So are you saying that it's never a player from an HBCU that they're inviting? Not that, not that often. I've seen more D2, D3 hype than I've seen HBCU hype. Well, I agree with that. It's about the hype. Because you barely get a mention. Right. I remember when I first started seeing HBCU games broadcast on ESPN3, I think it was, or something, or ESPNU. Right. And um, it was always Grambling versus somebody in football. Grambling versus this team. Grambling versus that. It was very rarely any other teams but Grambling. And I was like, well, Grambling's not the only HBCU in the nation. Come on now. Can we get some other teams on there? Right. It started out very slowly. And then, you know, every time that I would see that they're on being broadcast, I would just watch just for ratings, even if I wasn't interested in the game. 
I would watch and turn to it just to have it the TV on that channel, watching right. the game. And I enjoy watching the sport. It doesn't really matter who's playing. I, sometimes when they broadcast high school football and basketball games on ESPN, I watch them. I don't even care if I don't even know the high school. I just love the sport. I love the game. Love the game. Now, I, what I wanted, wanted to ask you again, though, about the sponsorship thing, you know, I'm one of those people, as you well remember, that's not yes. really for all that paying collegiate right. players. But, okay, it is what it is. They get to get paid for their likeness. So my question to you then, Dennis, would be, why isn't this uh, sponsorship then, how is, how is this sponsorship now going to affect the PWI signing of Black players versus the HBCU signing, you know, Black players? I don't, I don't see how it would have an effect either way. Um, I, I see it having an effect, but um, it's not going to be big at first, but it'll, it'll start to trickle down because, like I said, guys not going – like, okay, for example, you know, uh, something about that Florida team. You know, um, Cam Newton was backing up Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was, you know, college football guy at the time. So he wasn't getting in the game, Cam Newton. Now, you can sit back there and you can – you know, enjoy your championships, or you could go to another school and actually be the man, win a Heisman, you know, get your endorsements and, and make that money. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it. I, I don't see a lot, I don't see a lot of these power five teams being loaded like they used to be. But it, I mean, again, like I always tell you, it's always about how you talk that talk. And we was talking about Calipari last night, he could talk that talk. Right. Yeah. So it's all, all about how you talk, talk what you promised these kids. Conference. Right. Yeah, he's in a Power 5 conference. So I don't know. I, I don't know. This HBCU versus PWI thing is really perplexing for me. I did not attend an HBCU. Um, grew up within, within 50 miles of two of them in Ohio. Okay. But at the time that I was selecting colleges, neither one of those universities offered the program that I wanted to go in. So right. I didn't even consider either one of them. That's Plus another they problem. Were, they, were, they were going through some serious issues at both universities. Serious ones. Are you talking about Akron? So, what else? No, not Akron. Huh. Central, Central State University and Wilberforce University. Oh, okay. Wilberforce, I believe, is by some accounts the oldest HBCU. Other accounts say it's some uh, this other school, but so I was always always grew up being told that Wilberforce was the oldest HBCU, but I could be wrong. I was always told that it was a uh, Cheney. Right. Cheney was the Cheney. first ever HBCU. First ever. Right. That's what I was told too. So. Between the two of them, they can go back and forth and figure that out. Right. But um, Wilberforce University and Central State University are both within 50 miles of my house. And um, they're good universities, pretty good universities now. But then at the time when I graduated high school, mm, there were there were some issues. 
So I didn't look at either one of those. And being a, a girl in the Big Ten, I picked the Big Ten University. They had my program. It was like the top three in my program in the nation. Mm. So, I mean, why would I? I don't understand. And, and people, when I try to explain this to people now, all these years later, they, they still take issue with that. You should have gone. Why didn't you go? You know, my both my parents are graduates of HBC, of the same HBCU, North Carolina State, um, North Carolina State A and T University. Mm. I don't understand what the issue is. I I applied and got accepted at A and T, but in case people don't understand. North Carolina is 500 miles from Ohio, and I personally did not want to go to school that far away. So I made a decision not to go. And I went, I chose Michigan State. Very proud of my decision. I love my school. 45,000 plus students, over 10,000 Black people. I had a Black experience that was amazing at MSU, right? So when right. people talk about this black experience that you can only get at an HBCU, I would say to them, how do you know when all you've attended is that? You don't know that. You can't say that because you don't know me. You don't know my experience. You don't know what I did. And I've talked to you many, many times about my experiences at Michigan State, how militant I was, how I was a leader in the black caucus, how I did education Black education and, and I designed uh, protests and trips and things down to Washington to protest apartheid. We were instrumental in getting apartheid eradicated in South Africa. And it was largely led by people in our age group and my group of black students from Michigan State were included in that movement. So don't, don't try to tell me that you can only get this experience in one particular type of university that is not true and so I try not to get offended by it and just educate people on it I feel like this also translates to sports because the number one reason my athletic friends told me they didn't go to an HBCU is money they told me Either they were not offering full college scholarships, they were only offering two, and my parents couldn't afford to pay the rest, or they lacked the money to have good enough facilities as compared to the bigger universities in the PWIs. So they didn't attend. They came to Michigan State. I, I don't see a fault in that. I don't see a fault in that. Do you? Do you? I mean, help no. me because I don't see a problem in that. You want your son or daughter to go. If you have a, a five-star athlete in basketball, elite, what program do you want them to go to? One that's going to be noticed by millions or thousands? All right. Because that's what they think about. We're going to be on TV every day. Yeah. All right. Now, now, back in the day, BET used to play um, HBCU football games back in the day, way back in the day. Well, reading the comments, 
um, OG said HBCU are not talked about in schools as often as other colleges. He also said, remember, they don't want just any color folks in their combine. And uh, Sheila Mullen said, I had a good black experience at the University of Dayton, a small private Catholic PWI. Mm -hmm. And OG said, there's no HBCU on the West Coast that is recognized by the US. The closest school is Texas in Oklahoma. Mm. He was born and raised in Northern California. Sheila Mullen said, Blacks and others need to attend whichever is best for them at that time. Program credibility, location, affordability, et cetera. I agree. I, yeah, that's what I, I agree. I'm I not agree. mad at people that pick the, the, you know, the, the power five schools. You know, you, mm -hmm. you pick what you pick. That's right. I, I don't see a problem with it, but there's actually people, especially here where I live, because I live within minutes of several HBCUs, right? So you wow. have people all the time saying, well, if you choose not to go to HBCU, then you you don't sell out your people. That's what Man, they you say. sell out. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't sold out your people. I'm like, you don't know me, honey. Right. Anyway, I just thought that would be interesting to talk about because and I wanted to know your feelings on it because we've never talked about that really. And I just, if I could if I could do it all over again, I would have went to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why would you? Um, first of all, you know, to get out of Philadelphia. So I would have went to an HBCU. I probably would have went to um I, I might have went to one in Atlanta. One of those ones. Or uh Norfolk, Virginia. Might as well go those to those were my thoughts at one point. Be a Morehouse man. Just go to Morehouse. Uh yeah, no. that's in Atlanta. <laughs> Why not Morehouse? Stu's only at Morehouse. Mm -mm. Well, Spelman is right there. That's where all the women. That's are. what they say. I gotta see it. I gotta see how close it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it ain't tricking if you got it. Right. All I, got I to need say. some. I need. I need some help. <laughs> I need to be in the class with, with some girls who's gonna help me study and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, what we got next, Dennis? Um, I don't think we got next the tip of the day. Uh, the side zone tip of the day. Side zone tip of the day. You want to give out the tip of the day? Well, I'm gonna give out my tip. My tip is, listen, folks. Say what you mean, and mean what you say integrity is key that's my tip of the day don't walk around here saying you're going to do this or you're going to you know bring this or you're going to have this or whatever and then don't do it say what you mean mean what you say don't sit up here and say well it wasn't that bad if you think it was awful say how you feel say what you mean be a man or woman of your word keep your word when you say you're going to do something, do it. For instance, this is what made me think of this. For instance, you know, Dennis, Dennis, you and I are on a show. We appear on a show every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Buck Flair show at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern right. on Facebook. And on the show, 
throughout the football season, we give our picks for all the games for the week, right? Right. As Wednesday, uh, Wednesday this week, I was there, but the prior Wednesday, I wasn't on the show. And, and But I was watching. I watched it in the comments. And I don't know, some of the people on the show kind of got out of hand when it came to talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. So during the conversation, but Flair, your co-host on the show, asked the two individuals who was talking all that crap about the Steelers, saying that the Steelers were not going to beat the Denver Broncos. Hey, if the Steelers win, you got to wear yellow on the next show. You got to wear yellow the rest of the week is what he really said. Then he said on the next show. And they were like, they were both like, yeah, I'll wear it. Well, one did and one didn't. And the excuse was, I don't have anything, y'all. Right. You had a week. You could have went to the, the, the uh, Buck Flair said, you could have gone to the, uh, the thrift Sorry. store and got a yellow shirt for $3 right. if you had to put it on. So shout out to the one who did because he was a man of his word. But the other one, no. So you don't talk all this crap, you know, puff up and talk and say all this stuff and say what you're going to do and then don't do it. That's just like, that's just like welching on a belt bet to me. And if you're going to say it in passing and not take it seriously, then say, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That's what you're supposed to say. Then you let off the hook. But that's not what happened. So I say it just got me to thinking about that the rest of the week. Uh, of this week when he did not when he showed up without it on I said, you know tip of the day you can just talk about the tip of the day and let the tip of the day be say what you mean mean what you say do what you say you're gonna do because integrity is key okay think about that dennis i like that i like that uh i definitely you got like a tip? that you got anything to add on that you got a tip um, for those people that are, for those people that are in relationships, you know, you're in a relationship and, you know, uh, you like, you you're, you're one of those people who are tick for tack. You have to leave that tick for tack stuff alone. It's either you're going to be with that person mm. or you're not. Don't do this tick right. for tack. And, you know, they did this right. to me. I'm going to do this to them. And they went over here. I'm gonna go, you're not going to win like that. You're not. Right. So take your time and try to appreciate your relationship. If it's not worth appreciating, leave. Don't worry. Be happy. That's it. That's all you need to do. Is don't worry and be happy. So, that's my tip of the day. Thank y'all for coming to the side, y'all, this morning. I am uh, Dennis Holmes. I am here with my co-host, the chocolate writer, Sharon Mullen. You got any last words, Sharon? Uh, shout out to everybody. Um, heal the world. Take a look at yourself. Be the man and the woman in the mirror. Just do the right thing. Be kind to people. You just never know what people are going through. Um, had a coworker. I was on the phone with a coworker at work about to send her a call. And when she answered the phone, she sounded like she was trying to carry a whole mountain on her back. That's how she sounded through the phone. And I said, I stopped and I said, I said, are you okay? And she said, no, you know, hard day. And I said, 
few words of encouragement and I said to her, you know, whatever it is, praying for you, you know, I hope it gets better. Sent her the call. Later on that same day, I had to send her another call. When she answered, she had a light in her voice. And then she stopped to tell me how much better my words made her feel the rest of the day. Uh, you know, until that point where I called her again. And I was like, listen, you just never know what somebody's going through. That's no. why I really try to be kind to people. I really do. And all I do. And uh, just live that way, folks. Because there's, there may come a time when you need somebody to be kind to you that you've been catty with before and petty with before and sarcastic with before and negative with before, you might need that person to be kind to you at a later date. So just, just keep that in mind and just be kind to people. All right. God bless. Great day.